We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is, as always, sponsored by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all you fine folks and my compadres at Blue Wire. And oh my goodness, folks, here we are. Maybe we never thought we'd be here again, but after four games of losing effort from the 49ers, uh, the red and gold is finally back in the win column, taking down the Bears at Soldier Field in Chicago, 33-22. to So you may take a sigh of relief. I'm sure I'll find a way to dampen your hopes a little bit later, but just be happy. Enjoy it. It is the Bears. They haven't been great, but who the hell cares? It's a doing. It's a win. It's a win. It's a dub. And these are the wins you got to get if you're ever going to have any hope for turning around the season. So I'm going to try and be as as positive as I can. Now I've I've obviously got to touch on some of the the rough aspects of the game, but for lack of a better word, I'm going to shame myself. I was just going to say F it, but I'll just say F it. We'll stick with that. I was going to say F it. We're being positive because this podcast, and I'm sure many, the vast majority of them over the past four games have been overly negative. And I don't even want to say overly negative, rightfully negative. The 49ers haven't done anything worth talking about. And here we are, uh, a pretty, for the most part, stellar win over the Bears. It had its hiccups it had its bumps and bruises just like they all do but the 49ers got it done against the bears and a pretty entertaining game all around um it was what looked like justin field's best effort 
of the season. And the same can be said for the veteran 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who finished the game 17 of 28, which is 60% for 322 yards. Didn't have, didn't throw for any touchdowns, didn't have an interception, but to everybody's surprise, exactly the way we thought it would go down, Jimmy Garoppolo had two genuine rushing touchdowns. So shut the hell up, Trey Lance. Keep your ass on the sideline. My name is Jimmy Garoppolo. I run a 5-3-40, and I'm taking this thing into the end zone. I'm just kidding. He doesn't run a 5-3. I think it's like a high fours right underneath five a 5-0, but... Jimmy Garoppolo doing what he could do. Before we get into kind of the individual performances and what I saw from the offense and defense, uh, let's just uh, really quickly go through kind of like the injury update. Uh, The only major injury out of the game was uh, safety Jimmy Ward, which is a a big loss if he does miss some time. He did suffer a, a quad injury that Kyle Shanahan said was fairly serious. And quads, just like hamstrings, if you suffer a significant strain there, you could miss... You can miss time. You can miss weeks. Uh, There are, you know, depending on the grade of the strain, you could miss the rest of the season. And I'm definitely not saying that's what happened to Jimmy Ward. But um, just because it all it says is a quad injury doesn't mean that it's not serious. So we'll see uh, the update. I'm sure we'll get an update on that tomorrow. Um, I'm coming at you from this uh, just shortly after uh, all the press conferences after the game. Some positive injury news. uh, Tight end George Kittle and kicker Robbie Gold are expected to return uh, next week. Now, Shanahan did say that they weren't guaranteed. You know, I I think he just wants to be careful about what he, you know, expects. I mean, you can't blame him. The 49ers have gone through the ringer when it comes to injuries, and I just think that he doesn't want to get too excited too quickly when it comes to the return of both George Kittle and Robbie Gold, but two key impact players. Um, So their return would be great, especially if it is this week right before the 49ers face the now 7-1 Cardinals at Levi's Stadium. In what is going to be kind of like an absolutely – I know why I threw the kind of in there. It's going to be a pivotal game for the 49ers if they want to have any hopes of making it to the playoffs. They've got to beat the Cardinals. They've got to beat the Rams the following week. They have to gain some momentum within their division if they want to make any hopes of like a, I would call it a late playoff push, but we're not even halfway through the season yet. So it just needs to start now. Uh, Robbie Gould particularly is good news because Joey Sly, their backup kicker, while not horrendous, uh, didn't have a great day. Uh, He missed a 48-yard field goal. He missed an extra point uh, that put the 49ers behind by one point at one point. Um, But at the same time, you know, I I don't excuse those misses 100%. There's no reason to. Uh, But he did connect from 48, 52, 22, and 32, which, you know, and the the latter was kind of like the game, you know, the clincher uh, put the game out of reach. So as much as, you know, misses are inexcusable for a kicker, he still had a pretty good day, and especially if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective. I mean, that's four, five, nine, eleven. At least in our scoring, uh, I think he would have had like 14 points, which is a good day for a kicker. So, you know, like I said, I'm trying to keep it positive. So Joey Sly, not sure how much longer he's going to be with the organization because the 49ers are getting Robbie Gold back, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just getting a little update on my phone. has nothing to do with the 49ers, but quarterback Jameis Winston of the Saints is being reported that he tore his ACL. 
which obviously is a season-ending injury and rather unfortunate for the Saints because he was actually doing pretty well there. So anyways, we carry on. Uh, Fred Warner did take a pretty nasty hit during one of Justin Fields' uh, scrambles for a score. Uh, He was evaluated for a concussion but was cleared. So he did interview with the press afterwards, um, and he told everybody he was okay. So hopefully that just stays the same. But getting into the offense, let's start. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball, and then we'll kind of get on to the defensive side of the ball. I think the first person you got to talk about when it comes to this game is Jimmy Garoppolo, who obviously has been taking it in the trenches. You know, taking grenades in the trenches, I guess you could say. Um, and and he's deservedly so. He has not had a great season yet. He has not. He has not been. He has not seemed like the reason the 49ers, you know, necessarily won their games. Um, I, it's hard without going back and looking, you know, to just to, to say if he's been the reason they've lost because they've kind of been all over the place when it comes to this team and the way they've performed. But, you know, so far this season, Jimmy Garoppolo had thrown for, you know, completed a hundred, no, 94 passes for 1,106 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions. And that doesn't even really, you know, you can, if you watch the games, you know, that Jimmy just hasn't been great this season. We know that, uh, but he had a pretty good game. He had a pretty good game. Uh, he did miss some passes. He was inaccurate. He did have some trademark inaccuracy behind inaccuracy behind the sidelines. Uh, they tried to get Debo Samuel on a, a screen at one point, and the pass was woefully underthrown. And Debo Samuel did catch it, but right after he caught it, he got rocked uh, by Robert Quinn, I believe, which is the same type of play that like got George Kittle hurt uh, last season. So. You hate to see that stuff, but at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo did make some great throws throughout the game. Um, he made some throws under pressure. He made some decent throws on third down. The 49ers, uh, much better on third down with Jimmy Garoppolo um, today. I mean, I say much better because they were one of 11 uh, last week uh, against the Colts. Today, they were four of 10, which is still nothing to write home about, but it was better. I mean, that's that's three more third down conversions than they did last week. So we'll, we'll take what we can get at this point. Uh, they were also one for one on fourth down. I believe that was a short to Michael Hasty run. They were three for five in the red zone, 60%. And then one of the uh, one of the cooler stats of the game for the 49ers was uh, they never punted the whole game, whether it was kicking a field goal or scoring a touchdown. They never punted the entire game, which brings me to my next point. Mitch Wisnowski, the 49ers punter, actually flew out to Chicago this morning because his wife, Maddie, had their first child, a baby girl, yesterday. So congratulations to Mitch Wisnowski and his wife, Maddie, on their newborn um, and Kyle Shanahan kind of joked about it after the uh, during the press conferences after the game because Mitch Wisnowski pretty much had his own flight to come to the game today, and the 49ers never punted. He didn't even need to be there, but obviously something that's unpredictable, but still very very funny. Um, I'm trying. I'm just looking at the overall offensive stats. I believe their 467 total yards of offense was the most this season. They averaged 8.6 yards per play, which is really, really impressive. Um, in terms of first downs, they had 21 to the Bears, 22. So a very, very back and forth game. Nine of them came on the ground and 12 of them came through the air. So uh, and like I said, 322 yards passing for Jimmy Garoppolo to 145s rushing on the ground. But we got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's two rushing touchdowns. It was hilarious. On the first one, I believe they're on like the two-yard line, and it was supposed to be one of those motion plays where Debo Samuel runs right in front of Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo kind of just tosses the ball up in the air. Technically, it's uh, um, 
it's considered a pass. It's one of those like fantasy plays that you just love to see if you have the receiver, or the quarterback, because it's considered a pass, but all the quarterback really does is toss the ball up in the air. Well, they were supposed to do that and it was blocked up to the left and uh, Debo Samuel was on the right motioning and the play got all messed up. They messed up the cadence. They messed up the timing. Debo Samuel just ended up stopping right in front of Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo said after the press conference that he was actually telling Debo Samuel, go because he's going to hike the ball. He wanted to hike the ball to him and hand it to him. But he said Debo Samuel kind of just stood there. And I believe he hiked the ball. Jim, Debo Samuel ran kind of the, the direction he was supposed to run. But every quarterback, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo obviously knows this, every quarterback is taught if it's a run play and something goes wrong with the play, run where the running back was supposed to run because that's how the play is going to be blocked up. So the exchange between Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel was all botched up. So Jimmy Garoppolo took the snap. It looked like a design run. He ran to the left right where Debo Samuel was supposed to run and was able to dive into the end zone for the touchdown. It was hella funny. It was hella funny. At first, everybody thought it was designed. Then you watch back the play and you're like, oh, that didn't go as planned. But whatever, they're in the end zone for six. So Jimmy Garoppolo's first rushing touchdown was on that play. The other one was on a genuine kind of zone read, read option, whatever you want to call it, play, a read play, reading the defensive end. And obviously a defensive end playing Jimmy Garoppolo, who really has no designed runs ever, is going to crash on the running back. And Jimmy Garoppolo kept it and took it into uh, took it to the end zone for the five-yard score. Got up, threw the ball into the crowd, his hometown crowd, Jimmy Garoppolo from Chicago, obviously. Um, so it was a, it was just really, really – on a week where so many of us were talking about why they aren't starting Trey Lance, and obviously Trey Lance brings that dynamic to the field. It was funny to see Jimmy Garoppolo take two runs into the end zone for scores. Uh, he didn't throw any, which makes it even more fun. So good game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he seemed fairly consistent throughout the day. Uh, he did a good job eluding pressure and avoiding sacks. Let me see the statistics here. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was never sacked. So kudos to the offensive line and kudos to Jimmy Garoppolo because he was definitely maneuvering back there on some plays, buying time with the rollout. Uh, it was pretty impressive. It was it was a good game for Jimmy Garoppolo. I believe he had three, at least three drops, uh, maybe even more trying to think if there were any more that stood out. But I just thought it was it was a it was a good game for him. It was a good game for him. He did a good job extending plays and doing what he can. Um let's move on to the next person. Obviously, I would say the next person you got to talk about on offense is Debo freaking Samuel, who has just put the offense on his shoulders, at the very least the passing offense on his shoulders. Uh he ended up with um Six catches on nine targets for 171 yards. Uh, his longest play of the day came on a just a screen pass out to the left that got blocked up well, and Debo Samuel took it 83 yards, was hit out of bounds just a couple of yards shy before he hit the end zone. He did dive forward. He did hit the pylon with the ball, but when he did, his feet were already out of bounds. Um, the 49ers would score. I think that right after that was when, was that when Jimmy Garoppolo ran it in? I can't remember. They all blend together, but the 49ers did end up scoring. So good for them. Um, really, really good. Did a really, really good job. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting because he started the game with two pretty bad drops and then was just lights out from then. I mean, if you look at his, his targets to receptions and you know that he had two drops, uh, there was really only one more pass in the game that he didn't reel in. So, 
pretty solid effort from Debo Samuel. Uh, he did mention after the game in the press conference that he attributed just staying healthy, losing weight, gaining flexibility, had a lot to do with his added production this year and staying on the field, which I feel like we all kind of knew that. There had always been these little breadcrumbs dropped as far as Debo Samuel's um, off-the-field habits, how much he wanted, how much he was willing to do off the field to make sure that his product was solid on the field. And it seems like he realized that and decided to to make that change. Now, obviously, being in a contract year helps. Um, Debo Samuel is on – I think he's on a ridiculous pace. I was trying to see if anybody had Debo Samuel's, like, totally up-to-date stats that included today's game. But – I'm just looking. Okay. No, that's 20. Okay. So Debo Samuel has 44 catches for 819 yards and four touchdowns. So that's 819 yards in how many games? What are the 49ers? Six games in? Seven games in. They're playing a 17-game season. So you multiply that by two and two and change two and chains because it's a little bit over two times. And so Jimmy, I mean, Debo Samuel's on pace for like a 1800 yard season. Uh, Now do paces like that ever hold up? Usually no, but an unbelievable pace. I'm not sure if he's leading the league in, in receiving yards this time. I know Cooper cup has given him a run, a run for his money. Um, but an absolutely stellar year for Debo Samuel, just a genuine number one receiver, not to mention the fact that he fights for the hard yards. He's not a diva. There was one first down catch where he turned around, caught like a little hitch, turned around, was a couple yards short of the sticks and literally pushed like three to four bears defenders out of the way and got, got the first down. So that's, I mean, that just sums up what type of player Debo Samuel is. And so hopefully he's able to keep that up. Um, while we're talking about the pass game, we got to talk about Brandon Ayuk, who kicked open the door and returned to the fold today. Now, it wasn't an incredible performance by any means, but he was a factor, which is what, from what we've seen, uh, is so much more than than we were expecting or that we've been given. Uh, Brandon Ayuk caught four passes on seven targets for 45 yards, um, a couple of those key third down conversions, and he also. Um, caught a two-point conversion later in the game where I, it was just looked like a slant, but I know that he had created at least three to four yards of separation, made it look easy. Great play. Um, it was just really, really – he also made some noise in, in special teams on the punt return game. Uh, let me see if it says – yeah. Yeah, he had two punt returns for 28 yards, which is really solid, really solid. He averaged 14 yards. His longest was 21 yards, so – uh, really, really well done when it came to uh, to punt returning for Brandon Ayuk. Um, and like I said, he was a factor in the receiving game, which is so much more than we've been given. It's good to see him getting the hell out there. And probably the last person, let me see, where are we at on time? You know what, before we, before we talk about the last aspect, aspect of the offense that I know we have to talk about, let's, uh, let's get a quick word in from our sponsor, uh, TickPick. 49 football, as you know, is back. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them Guarantee the best prices on all of your NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats at another site, then TickPick's going to give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. 
49ers are approaching two very, very, very key games at Levi's Stadiums against the Cardinals and against the Rams. You need to get your get your butt to TickPick.com slash gold today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. Like I said, again, two crazy matches at Levi's Stadium. The 49ers are coming off a win. The Cardinals are coming off a loss. Kyler Murray's a little, uh, a little hobbled with an angle injury. Get on TickPick.com slash gold and get yourself to those games. Be a part of the uh, the uh, actually stellar Levi Stadium crowd as of late. Um, so check that out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, speaking of stellar, speaking of stellar, there's your segue right there. Elijah Mitchell, man, Elijah Mitchell, he looks good. He looks good. Good, good, good. 49ers and their late round running backs. It's kind of bittersweet talking about them. I mean, good players are good players, period. Um, But the 49ers have a third round running back that's kind of doing nothing right now. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was taken in the sixth round, and man, has he made the most of his opportunities. He was the 49ers. He was he was the man for the 49ers run game today. He had 18 carries for 137 yards. That's 7.6 yards a carry and one touchdown. On his one touchdown, he got stopped about the five-yard line. And him, along with the rest, what seemed like the, the rest of the 49ers offense, drove the entire pile forward five yards and into the end zone. And one of, what's funny about that play for me, was today 
or to end the season or towards the latter half of the season with my middle school players, we were just trying to build up their physicality. You can tell, especially with COVID, they hadn't played football the year before. They just were kind of out of it. And just given the, the, the way the other teams were built, we were routinely outmatched, especially in the physicality and size department. So we're just trying to teach them, like, look, you can fight for these hard yards. You can be the scrappier team, even if you are a little undersized. You just got to build up that mentality. And that's really what this kind of play is. It's a mentality. Like, no, we're not done. We're still going. I don't care if you stood me up. I'm not stopping my feet. I'm pushing the pile. So we would we started emphasizing that in practice, and it really did help. We had so many plays after that point where we really started focusing on pushing the pile, where we would gain three or four or five yards after contact because everybody knew that they needed to get to the ball and help push the pile. <laughs> so when this play happened, and I knew Elijah Mitchell had been kind of stood up, and then the offensive line comes running up behind him and starts pushing forward, and I'm sitting there yelling at the TV screen, exactly how I yell at my kids from the sideline during a game, push the pile, push the pile, push the pile. And sure enough, everybody and their mom comes and starts pushing the pile forward. And the funniest part about that whole play, Elijah Mitchell crotches the goal line, the referee's signal touchdown. And then here comes Jimmy Garoppolo to push the pile from the very back after Elijah Mitchell had already crossed into the end zone. It was super funny. But you know things are going right if the quarterback's getting into it. And that is the type of play that you want to see for a 49ers team that has lost four straight. A team that is not feeling sorry for themselves. They're not giving up. They're not rolling over. And they're going to get in on it. And it, when, a, when a team scores like that, where everybody's pushing the fi- pile forward, the Bears are pushing, you're pushing, but you're pushing harder. You get into the end zone, you score. Everybody feels like they scored together. Um, so... Very, very cool play to watch. I just, it's entertaining as hell. Entertaining as hell to watch stuff like that. But Elijah Mitchell was just great. Great as a runner. He, he seems quick. We know he's quick. I believe he tested in the, the high four threes, low four fours. He seems stout. It doesn't seem like he's easy to bring down. And what's funny is he still seems relatively slippery. He still seems to squeeze his way through the smallest gaps, get skinny, get sideways, uh, contort his body a little bit to fit into holes. And it seems like he's been solid. I mean, he just looks great. And as, as much as it sucks to see Trey Sermon, you know, he, Trey Sermon is a third round running back who the 49ers, they took they, the 49ers had three fourth round picks. I believe they took two of them and they gave them to another team so that they could trade up um, in exchange for that third round pick. And they selected Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's barely seen the field. But on the bright side of that, a big reason of that is Elijah Mitchell. And even Jermichael Hasty, who we've seen before be solid uh, in games, he only had three carries. So this is Elijah Mitchell's backfield until further mo- notice. Um, I know Jeff Wilson Jr. is supposed to return either next week or the week after. Um, Kyle Shanahan said there was an off chance that he would return this coming week. So we could assume probably the week after, especially if Elijah Mitchell's playing this well. And, you know, I do have a very, very high opinion of Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr., but I do not know if he's going to necessarily uh, supplant Mitchell when he comes in because Mitchell has just been that good. Uh, and the Bears' defensive front, the Bears' defense is no slouch. No slouch at all. So uh, good day for Elijah Mitchell. He just seemed like he was totally game. But to me, I can't mention Elijah Mitchell without also mentioning 
Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, the premier fullback in the NFL. Fullback, y'all. Um, he just he like it just seems like every single big running play he's involved. And I guess that's the point of the fullback, but the guy is just so damn good. And he had his own first down catch where he carried the defender for another couple yards um, to get the first down. And you could clear his day, hear the cloud yelling, the crowd yelling juice. And uh, it just, it was great to hear that. And especially on an away game, but Elijah Mitchell, great day, but I can't mention him without use check because he's just been so good as the 49ers fullback. Um, gets his fair share of carries from time to time um, while also catching, uh, catching a decent amount of passes for a fullback. So uh, pretty impressive, pretty impressive. I'm, I'm very impressed with Kyle Juszczyk. And I mean, there were quite a few people that kind of freaked out about the money he got when the 49ers very first signed him and when the 49ers extended him. But I have been so far past that. I am nothing but impressed with Juszczyk. And um, I would never really question the amount of money Juszczyk's making because he's just been so damn good. Uh, I mean, it just seems like money well spent, not to mention the guy he is in the locker room um, and the guy he is, period. So uh, great effort from the 49ers on the ground. A great, great effort. All right, so let's switch it over. Let's talk about the defense. Who didn't have as great of a day. Now, it seemed like they kind of made plays when they absolutely had to. But if you guys listened to this podcast before the game, I recorded an episode on Thursday night that was published Friday morning, kind of at the end of the episode, went over the best case and worst case scenarios for this game. Now, the best case scenario for the offense was Jimmy Garoppolo gets it together and they kind of like do their thing and they look good. Well, they did that. Um, that really was the best case scenario for the offense. And part of that was getting Brandon Ayuk involved. He got involved. Debo Samuel continued to do his damn thing. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a great game with no turnovers. So the offensive best case scenario played out. Um, so did the defensive worst case scenario. And to me, the worst case scenario for the 49ers defense was that all of a sudden, one of the worst offenses in the NFL looked competent against you and your defense. Now, that being said, you kind of have to account for the fact that Javon Kinlaw, who I haven't mentioned this yet on the pod, um, officially underwent season-ending knee surgery. And although dealing with injuries, he was still a huge force on the inside of that defensive line. And what the 49ers did to make up for that is they moved Eric Armstead to the interior where Javon Kinlaw was playing, and then they moved Sansom Ebukam to defensive end. But in that regard, you also had defensive end D Ford, who was out with a concussion, concussion, along with linebacker Aziz Alshair, who um, has been really, really good in replacement of Quan Alexander. Not Quan Alexander. What am I talking about? Let me get it. Let me get it. He's on IR. Dre Greenlaw. <laughs> oh, you'd think I like cover the 49ers or something. But whatever, whatever. Cut me some break, y'all. Um, all right. It was a rough day for the defense. Like I said, they did make plays. They did kind of clamp down when it was like the only thing left to do or the game was going to get out of hand. Uh, but the Bears' offense was solid to get the, against the 49ers. They had 176 yards on the ground, averaging almost five yards a carry as a team. Justin Fields, in and of himself, 
carried the ball 10 times, some of them planned, some of them not planned, for 103 yards and a ridiculous touchdown on 4-1. and one. This one was 50-50, Justin Fields being great, and um, the 49ers defense being embarrassing. It was 4th and 1. The 49ers had Justin Fields pretty much dead to rights in the backfield. He made at least three or four defenders miss, started off to the right, turned it around, ran to the left, and then took it all the way in for like a 20-yard score on fourth and one that looked buttoned up buttoned up for the 49ers defense. But he got away. Uh, that was a really, really, really impressive play. But again, it was also pretty pretty bad for the 49ers defense. So it's one of those ones where when somebody tweets out, oh, was that a great pay for Justin Fields or a bad play for the 49ers defense? And all you have to reply is, yes, it was, it was that. Um, Justin Fields finished 19 of 27, so he completed 70% of his passes, but he only completed them for 175 yards, one touchdown, one interception, which was the game-sealing interception, which was tipped into the air, by, I think it's Darnell Mooney, I believe is his last name. Um, Justin Fields' go-to receiver, um, Tavon Austin was really was there in coverage, kind of making sure that Mooney didn't reel that in. Uh, the ball was tipped under the air. Josh Norman was right behind him, caught it and returned it for about 34 yards to uh, to put the game out of reach for the Bears. But overall, the Bears' offense looked good. Um, David Montgomery has been out with an injury, but Herbert, his backup, I believe is a rookie, had 23 carries for 72 yards. Not the greatest, but some big carries. 22 yard was his longest run. Um, really kind of carved up the 49ers on the first couple drives of the game. Uh, Darnell Mooney had six catches on nine targets for 64 yards. Uh, and then that was pretty much it. I mean, Marquise Goodwin had 32 yards. Cole Komet had 24 yards. Um, Jesse James, the tight end, had 38 yards and their first score of the game. So not necessarily an overwhelming effort by the Bears offense, but the 49ers just, they made it look too easy. There were many times where the Bears just easily drove down the field and either kicked a field goal or scored. So it was it was really kind of just an odd showing for the 49ers defense. I mean, if you look at the Bears' possessions, it goes field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal, punt, touchdown, punt, interception. So really, the 49ers only forced two punts for the Bears. Which is not great for one of the worst offenses in the NFL. But let's again, let's try to be positive. Uh, let's take a look at some of the studs. Like I said, Josh Norman, who was again flagged for a pass interference. I think he's got six penalties and leads the team in penalties. Um, which is not great, Bob. Uh, Fred Warner, of course, had eight tackles and a, and a really, really impressive pass breakup over the middle. Jumped up. Um, the, the Justin Fields thought he had an open window. Fred Warner jumps up, bats the ball away. Uh, looked like it could have been a pick. If it would have been a pick, it would have been super impressive. Um, Josh Norman finished with seven, seven tackles, one interception, one pass breakup, and a forced fumble. So good for him. Uh, Kwan Williams played a decent game, had a really impressive tackle for loss. Uh, trying to just kind of look through and who are the highlights. Obviously, you have Nick Bosa, who finished with who got who added uh, two sacks to his total. I believe he has six or seven now. I think it's seven on the season through seven games, which is a very very impressive pace. He also had three tackles for loss. He's just a guy that has to be accounted for on every single play. Uh, Samson Ebukam 
who has been kind of a no-show this season, has been dealing with a little bit of injury, did have one huge sack. Um, I believe it was a 14-yard loss. Justin Fields kind of rolled out to the left right as Ebukam bursted through the line on a stunt and just didn't even have time to make a move. Ebukam was on him so fast uh, and uh, and put him down. So definitely some, you know, some performers in the defense. Um Jaquiski Tart did not play in this game because he has a knee bruise. He's, uh, he was put on injured reserve. He'll miss at least three games, this one included. Um, but Talanoa Hufanga, the 49ers' fifth-round rookie safety, did start. Seemed different, seemed decent, seemed like he fit right in. He did have a tackle for loss. He was always around the ball. Uh, Josh Norman had very, very kind words to say about Hufanga after. Just said he's an energy guy. He brings up the defense, uh, and he played well above his, his obviously his young age today. That's what Josh Norman had to say. Um, so a great game by all accounts for, for Hufanga almost had himself a pick off a tip pass. Um, but he couldn't reel it in. So, uh, it just seemed like the 49ers defense was a little too porous, kind of had trouble getting pressure on Justin Fields, had pressure, had trouble containing him, which is not great considering you're about to go up against the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. But at the same time, I mentioned this earlier. Kyler Murray's kind of hobbled with a, an ankle injury. I'm not sure what percent he's going to be. I don't think they've said, they've indicated that he could miss the game. Maybe he could. I thought I heard that the diagnosis was kind of on the positive side. But at the same time, is he going to be 100%? How much is he going to want to run? But you've got to be able to contain stuff like that. Now, Justin Fields is a 4-3 player. Very, very fast. Very athletic. Not small. So I don't blame him for making some plays. But at the same time, it seemed like the 49ers were uh, just a little too loose on defense. They gave up a little too much to an offense that just hasn't earned that kind of production. Uh, you know, like I said, dealing with some injuries, the 49ers defenses, but they've they've shown that they can overcome stuff like that. Uh, you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, D'Amico Ryan's first-time defensive coordinator. We'll see what he's got. I do feel like they need to be better. Because if, if, you know, you made a game out of the Bears, and that's kind of what I want to finish with, is I think that this win is great for the 49ers. They absolutely needed it. If they lost to the Bears, it would have been – some people already believe it was. But if they lost to the Bears, it would have been panic time, for sure. You just lost to the three and four Bears. Then before that, they lost to the two and four Colts, whatever it was. So the 49ers cannot fall flat into that this is a bad football team realm. 
I mean, they played the Cardinals. The Cardinals were a great football team. They they made it a game. They almost beat the Cardinals, and now they're going to play them again. And they need to find a way to play like a good football team and not make a game out of somebody like the Bears, who the Bucks, who are a great football team. We know that. Just lost to the Saints, though. They beat the they beat the Bears like thirty three to three, and I think Justin Fields threw three interceptions. That is what a good football team does to a bad football team. The 49ers did not do that. And again, maybe the 49ers aren't a good football team yet. Maybe they will be. Maybe they won't be. But they can't make a game out of a team like the the Bears. I feel like I may have accidentally sent Browns at some point. If I did, I apologize. That said, though, like I am I am issuing a very trepidatious you know like pump the brakes they beat the bears look at the three teams the 49ers have beat this year they barely beat the lions they barely beat the eagles who eagles are kind of hit or miss and then they've kind of they beat the bears and then they've lost against every decent or good team so we got to pump the brakes on the positive a little bit or not the positivity but at the very least the expectations Someone tweeted today like, oh, 49ers are back. And it's like, nah, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. Okay. If they can, if they can score, if they can get rid of the Cardinals at Levi Stadium, they can make it a game against the Rams or possibly beat the Rams. Then you can talk, start talking about it. Cause those are the games that matter against good teams. That said, momentum, confidence, excitement, energy, those are all very real things, whether it's on the field or in a locker room. And the 49ers just got a lot of that. To go on the road all the way across the country to Chicago and beat a team on their home field, you get to have that plane ride home where everybody's just jacked out of their mind. Those are real things. This is a big win for the 49ers. And it really can have some very, very strong ripple effects throughout the team. And then you think about getting Robbie Gould, getting George Kittle back. You know, maybe the team can can use this to springboard themselves into something real when it comes to winning and success. But like I said, you got to temper those expectations because they just aren't there yet. They got to beat good football teams to be considered a good football team. And they, they haven't done that yet. So overall, I was, like I said, very impressed with the 49ers against the Bears, especially on offense. The offense did its damn thing. The defense, a little scary, a little scary. Made it a little too easy. So hopefully they can kind of pin that down uh, because they're going to face a very similar yet more potent offense um, against the Cardinals. So still some, some stuff to work on, but... I'm glad the 49ers were able to stop that four game win uh, losing streak and can work them way up, work their way up to a, a bigger and better team like the Cardinals and Rams. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed the game. I hope you're enjoying your Sunday. I hope this positivity is, is, is permeating into your household. Um, hopefully I was able to keep this podcast positive enough to, uh, you know, just make for a good Monday morning or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, because I'm I'm very, you know me, I'm a very positive guy. I love to get on here and talk about a win and hype hype the team up, hype you guys up. 
Um, temporary expectations, but still, it's good for the 49ers to go out there and do the damn thing. It was good to watch some press conferences where the players, and for for heaven's sake, Kyle Shanahan was smiling and they were happy. You know, a lot of people kind of like, they have trouble contemplating the fact that while you are a member of the media, you can, and you need to try and stay as as unbiased as possible you still really like you spend a lot of time around these players and you want to see them succeed and you want to see them happy and you want to see them win. And so it was good to see those guys so pumped up after the game and just feeling great, feeling positive. And you got Mitch Wisnowski who gets to go home after a win to a brand new baby girl and be with his, uh, his wife, Maddie. So again, congratulations to them. And then of course, how could I forget at least while I'm recording this happy Halloween. One of the greatest holidays of the year. I'm sure if you've been listening to Striking Gold for a while, you know that Halloween is a big part of my life, especially when you think about the movie, because I have had made this weird, crazy business out of a hobby of painting Michael Myers masks. Michael Myers has always been my favorite um, horror movie slasher, I guess you could say. And this whole Michael painting Michael Myers mask thing has exploded into having uh I, I have like a four or five month wait now where people have, have put themselves on a waiting list um and that's and that's like and that's like 40 masks deep it's just exploded it's crazy obviously it's halloween time that that happens but if you want to check it out if you want to see oh, what that weird hobby's about i'm sure somebody's gonna hit me up on twitter and be like are you okay rob because i'm painting serial killer masks but check it out on twitter or excuse me instagram i think it's the shape studios the shape of course if you look at the credits of any halloween movie where it says the shape that's the person that played michael myers in the movie so that's where i got that the shape studios um all you're gonna see is a bunch of pictures of creepy ass michael myers masks it's all it's gonna be there because uh i've managed to do that so you know just a random little fact about me um on halloween day and some of you, if you've been listening, listening to Striking Gold for a while, you'd probably already heard about that. Uh, Eric Crocker loved him. He's a big Michael Myers guy himself. Um, so he was always talking to me about the masks and, and, and stuff like that. So if you want, check it out. If not, it's all good because it's creepy and I get it. But again, um, I hope you enjoyed your Sunday. Glad to see the 49ers get back in the wind column, but the work's not over. Um, thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for making this podcast what it is. I really appreciate everybody out there listening right now. Um, don't forget to comment, rate, review, subscribe, download, all that good stuff. It matters. I appreciate it. Um, go check out tickpick.com slash gold. Get yourself some 49ers tickets. Um, and again, if, if you can find them cheaper elsewhere, they'll, they'll give you your money back in a little sum. So go check that out. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. I love it. But for another episode, you'll hear from me a little later this week. For another episode, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out.